that's the fiction they're keeping. But here's the huge but, man, because I've been following this. I've done blog posts on it since the day it came out. Where are you doing? What's that? The huge <laughs> butt, man. Huge butt. Huge butt, man. <laughs> huge butt, yeah, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Serious now. This is a tech show. Hit us with uh, This is the thing. This is what they're claiming, right? right? The antennas they've got, they mount them in a big array that's pointed in one direction. And you know how big the antennas are? They're about as big as a dime. Yeah, so okay. those. Now, come on. Now, why is your rabbit ears antenna, you know, two, three, four, eight feet long? Because it's a function of the television broadcast frequencies. Please. <laughs> July 18th, 2012, episode number 17 of Yet Another Tech Show. It's Yats. My name's Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, as per usual, with the cigar, Aunt Pruitt. What's up, my man? There's no cigar. Y'all didn't see that. <laughs> Mr. I don't smoke blunts. All right. Larry Press smoke. also joining us. What's up, Larry? He doesn't smoke. He chews them, man. He chews them. I don't smoke blunts. I chew them. And Mike Rothman, what's up, man? Hey guys, uh, uh, it's all good here. Let's talk tech. Fantastic! Whoa. My favorite hour of the week, actually, every Wednesday. Yeah, no, no. show dot com slash live. Join us, please, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and everywhere else. The wild grass grows. I suppose we should just just for history's sake, and so that nobody can say that yeah, it's never touched that topic, but. Yahoo just kind of lucked out a little bit. It'd be like Rim getting a getting Schmidt or something. They'd be like, "Oh, thank you, God," you know. But yeah, <laughs> Yahoo getting Miss Marissa Meyer from Google, employee number twenty at Google. That's got to be the lucky break of the of the like the century for Yahoo. I mean, it was it was either Marissa Meyer or they were going to go down into the leagues of the dog catchers to find someone to lead that company. Oh, yeah, I would have done it. <laughs> if they would have offered you, like, Mr. Larry Press, we have an offer you can't refuse. No. If they you, made you get the your money own... right for you, Larry, would you do it? Hey, I'd even do it for the wrong money. I'd give you fun. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have to have a bowling alley in it. That's all I'm saying. Yahoo, make it happen. I can't do it for cigars. She is, she's <laughs> been whiskey. a fabulous leader and contributor at, uh, at Google. I mean, she has brought style and design and clarity to that engineer's jumble of a, is it, of a uh, company. Is it, safe to say, engineer, right? is it safe to say Marissa Meyer made Google Latitude fun again? Was that her? <laughs> I didn't know it ever was fun. No, it wasn't. But now it is because there's no. points, and you can actually. I can agree to that, man. Right? Because I, I find myself now just trying to beat you. It's only taken me about two months. I know. I'm just going to places <laughs> just so I can see that little crown above my little number there. 
But no, like little little things like that, that there's no, I don't feel like engineers really even think about doing. They're so busy in the core framework trying to make everything go smoothly. It, it's that, and that's, I feel like that's what she kind of brought to that at, at the be- beginning there, but you know, I don't for know. The first five or six years, she she held absolute iron sway over the the design and look of the Google homepage, you know, the classic search box and search and uh, are you feeling lucky button. And that was it on the front page, and that was all her doing. And it's part of what made Google a success in the early days. Yeah, I remember watching a documentary. um, uh, I want to say it was NBC or somebody, and they talked about that white space on the search page and – how they had this, the focus groups testing it out. And every time they went to the site, there was like, now what I do. And, and they didn't know how to react because they were so used to seeing the likes of Yahoo or, or, or what was that other one? Well, they were Netscape portals, right? They were all yeah. portals. And Google came out with just this minimal, this simple, yeah. just put something in this box and hit enter and you're good to go. And it was, it was cool. It was clean. It was outstanding. Personally, Loved I was it. a fan of web crawler, but that just yeah, web crawler. That's who I do. Remember web crawler? Blast from the past. Uh, Larry, you you read something interesting on this, did you not? Yeah, it was a little controversial. I I have to say it's. I'm not going to say it's my opinion, but uh, Cringely, Bob Cringely, had a few things to say. One is he thought that she was kind of had hit the glass ceiling that she couldn't. She had been marginalized somewhat at Google. And, that there's only uh, so far you can go climbing that corporate ladder, even at right. a massive co- uh, company like Google. You know, I, I think that she was she was more part of the inner circle before the reorg. She, I think, was uh, kind of uh, so I don't know demoted, but she lost power with the reorg. Shuffled around. There. Let's okay. say she was kindly shuffled around. She was shuffled around, and so maybe she figured, hey, that she's not going anywhere. And um, cringely, unlike everybody else, thinks that Yahoo does have a chance, a slim one, but a chance. And I can tell you what his, in a couple of things he thinks they should do. He thinks you should sell off everything that's not making money. Just have a real clearance sale. And, and get just rid focus of on like the flickers sure. and the finance portal and the stuff that really is getting the page views, kind of focus it, refocus it that way. Totally. He said she'd sell off a ton. And he said they've got a ton of money, and that would give them yet another ton of money. And a place he thought to go with that money would be to go into the uh, to buy RIM, right? Apple and Microsoft Store and and Google, uh, what do they call it? Not their store, Play or whatever. Yeah, store. Uh Amazon to really start trying to become a major media company. And then they Uh, buy RIM. No, I see where you're going with this. This is good. Yeah, and I wish they would, because man, we need competition in that particular space right now. It's really important. Twenty years from now, it's going it's going to be too late. But right now, it's still wide open. You know what's happening? The big thing that's happening in technology now is cord cutting, and yeah. technology's support of cord cutting. So you've got three huge players: Apple, Amazon, and Google, all selling music, books videos, movies, you know, the whole nine yards online, and making, by the way, at least in Apple's case, a huge amount of money on it. You've got a Microsoft who's just dipping its toe into that market in a 
in a big way, in a new way with Windows 8. And <clears throat> Yahoo could really start getting its mojo back. Yep. I also, a, I think it's... Media play. It's interesting here that Rachel Metz kind of wrote about how if you compare Yahoo's mobile traffic and their desktop traffic, they're like there's no comparison. Like there's so much more desktop traffic going. And since Marissa Meyer was mobile, like she did a lot of that stuff, she's thinking that maybe bringing her in can help rejuvenate some of that stale mobile traffic and get those numbers up because there is they get a massive. I mean, she's saying here more than 700 million people around the world hit Yahoo according to, you know, Comscore or whatever, but and they're showing that it, their audience is second only to Google and larger than like you said Microsoft and Facebook. So that's I mean, it's there. It's just not doing anything. Like what is it? What what do you want it to be? So maybe that's between what you said with the refocusing and then helping out the mobile side of it which they can do. Uh, that's interesting. They also you know, sounds like they a have challenge. Yeah, a lot of email users still too. What, I want to disagree with Cringely on, on one matter. I don't think it's necessary to to think that she was uh, marginalized. Although it's a very male culture in the leadership at at, at uh, Google. I think another way to look at it is Google is a company that is run by one very young founder. There's a second very young founder waiting in the wings who might want to run it himself someday. And it's a, uh, and they've got like 18 senior vice presidents, you know, of some stripe or other. So the, 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 the leader in that organization that's looking to step up to the top rung has potentially got a very long wait. There's a lot of testosterone to wade through before you get to that that level where you're... There's a ton of it. That's interesting. More than that, there's a a lot of stockholders. I mean, even if if the owners were women, I think Mike's got a point. They're in in front of her in line and, and have the stock to back it up. Yeah. Well, and check this out. Speaking of Google and and male, uh, just massive amounts of testosterone. Their next, this article says that their next technology could disrupt Mexican drug cartels. So I just kind of imagine Google just making like robot driving cars or something with fifty mil cannons on top, right? And just going into Suidad drones at the border, Suidad Juarez and El Paso, and just. Yeah, cleaning up town. Some drones, maybe. Who knows? That, let, that's... Me, let me ask y'all something. Yeah. Well, well, two things. How long you give her to to have a? Okay, you've done enough, or you're not able to do it. One. How long do you think? One news cycle. No. <laughs> no, I. I you know, because you gotta look. She's she's getting ready to have a baby too, right? Yeah, she's pregnant. You know, so that's going to be some maternity to leave time, I'm assuming. And you don't know that. You don't know her. Yahoo has had five presidents in five years. And that's a board and a company that's desperate for some stability. If those were marriage, marriage and divorces, yeah, you would say that's you need to try something else. That's a bad bad track record. So so I think they're going to, you know, with a person of her stature, uh, coming to Google or Yahoo, I think they've got to give her at least two years to to write the ship, rewrite the business plan, 
and execute on it. Two years from now, if they're still floundering, I think the boards have got a legitimate beef. But that I sounds I, fair. I wouldn't bet against her. I think she could really make something of uh, the mess that is currently Yahoo. Well, hopefully, did they verify her resume on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, she fixes that pesky Yahoo Android app. Do that first. Yeah. <laughs> it's causing problems. Our, but, our our mutual friend Gina has pointed out on uh, Google Plus today that that uh, Marissa needs to change her her Google Plus uh, employer description. Yeah. <laughs> Can you not work at both, or is that kind of a one or the one or the other thing? I think it might be one or the other, buddy. Kind of be, that might be frowned upon, Matt. Oh well. All right. So Google drug cartels, Mexico. Apparently, it's Eric Sch- Eric Schmidt, the the executive chairman. He has taken a, an interest in Mexico, where they're saying here that forty seven thousand five hundred people, more than that, have been killed in drug related violence since '06. And I guess Schmidt he recently went to Suidad Juarez, where hopefully we'll soon see robots. Uh, and he just he went there and saw it, and he asked them if, hey, w- what do you need? I'm I'm Google. I mean, we're Google. All 20 of us, we're Google. What do you need? And it says, defeated, helpless. These people have been so hardened in their experience with cartels that they have lost battles and lost hope. Schmidt said they were looking for a universal hammer to protect them. He gave them all Google Glass. Right? <laughs> Give them Google Glass, a targeting system, some machine. No? That's how, if I was... That's how I would help. Here. This is my gift to you. Uh, oh, my ex- God. Experts told the conference that Mexico's cartels often use more sophisticated technology than what the law enforcement has. Cartel assets, they have the mapping software that tracks location of the police from high-tech control rooms. They have remote control submarines. I bet you didn't know that. Drug cartels in Mexico have submarines. Sleep safe, kids. And military-grade rocket launchers. So, is this is this a good move for for Google? Just kind of f- funnel some money into Mexico and help them out, drug cartels. If they're watching their tax spending, I guess it is right. What if what <laughs> if they are allowed to use Mexico or this area as a testing ground for some technology? <clears throat> You know, that's what I asked about um, back when they had the car released in Nevada. I believe it was Nevada. Yes. Right? And yeah. I, I asked, well, why, why there and not right there in their own backyard in Mountain View? You know, and you guys told me there's different restrictions and laws based on states and so forth. And who knows? They, they probably could go down there and, and goof off in the deserts of, ne- of Mexico if there are deserts down there. My geography is Hey, man. Did they talk about any specific things that he had in mind, or he's just saying Google? Well, they're just talking about how the, they need better technology, probably some money, some funds, some resources, um, training, a lot of, like, help us learn how to do this, how to deal with this better. And, you know, yeah. if I put myself in the shoes of a, of a Mexican soldier or a, a U.S. drug enforcement agent or something like that, and I'm going up against some Mexican drug cartel, I'm not sure I want to be Google's beta tester. That's true, but if I'm controlling a robot from 10 miles away, who cares, right? Just deploy another one. 
continue on. Well, yeah, maybe so. But yeah, you definitely don't want to be like out at ground zero with the glass on and like having it boot loop on you or something. <laughs> that would be terrible. This is the you worst know, I, game I ever. Guess where I'm, I guess where I'm coming from on that is the feeling that uh, what's going on down in Mexico is is really deadly serious. Yeah, no, I don't mean to make yeah. jokes about it. It is definitely no, 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 no. serious. And I, I just he's think being maybe serious. On part on Eric Schmidt's part, maybe it's a little arrogant to think that uh, Google's mm. going to be the, the the charger on the white horse, you know, charging to the rescue here. That's you true, know, but I, if, if you I think... I think that the U.S. Army or Defense Department knows a lot, an awful lot, probably more than anybody in the world right now, about high-tech weaponry and communication systems way more than Google does. And I think there are political issues that stop them from doing it. I mean, look at the deal in Pakistan. Um, you know, we, I, I think that if somebody invited us to do it and the decision was made, we could turn our drones and, and against the cartel and, uh, but is that a matter of off. is but that there a must be political things that stop that from happening? Right, that's a matter of using just some private company to go in and do whatever they want to do to help out, as opposed to the resources of the government as a whole and and getting the people to go along with that. Google can go down there and drop you know a hundred, two hundred million dollars on whatever projects, and no one's going to complain one way or another. But it was the, – the conference they were having was organized by one of Google's think tanks, and it had uh, people like Ian Biddle, an arms broker, former Homeland Security chief, uh, secretary general of Interpol, international police agency, stuff like that. So they were discussing plans for the future. And uh, Schmidt said that better use of information isn't enough. He says, uh, I think at the end of the day there really are bad people, and you have to go in and arrest them and kill them, he said. Thank you. Thank you, Eric Schmidt. Wow. With mech robots. <laughs> Dang. I love it when Google has a foreign policy. Right. You know, a foreign policy position. They've got one on China. Now they've got one on Mexico. Right. This is like a game of risk you're starting to kind of see develop here. It's interesting. All right, Larry. Give it, give it 20 years and, and Google may be more important than many governments. Maybe they yeah. are. Yeah. They already have more money than I'm sure. Uh, Larry, tell us about Dragon and Goldman Sachs. Oh yeah, being best the, of friends. Uh, yeah, that is an actual tech news story. The um, the people that that built Dragon Dictate back in the very early days. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was available. You know, okay, Dragon Dictate is a is a speech recognition program. And it was a research project. Uh, there was research at DEC. There was research at uh, Caltech. There was research at Stanford and research at MIT. And the, some guys at MIT took what they were working on and came up with a PC version. So it was the first real PC software for doing speech recognition. They used to bundle that, actually, with early PCs. I remember my early app, uh, IBM Aptiva came with that because it, it came with this mic, and they were like, you can use it to talk to it, kind of, and it was old Dragon naturally speaking. That's correct. Yeah, I remember that. Even before naturally, there was one called Dictate, and that's also the name of the, the new one. But yeah, they, they uh, would bundle it, and you could do things like give DOS commands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And open yeah. up Notepad and then type in Notepad. It was it was neat because yeah, yeah. at the time there was nothing else like that at, at, at all yeah. that I remember. But at any rate, they, uh, they were 
the company. I mean, they were really hot stuff. And evidently, uh, at some point, uh, I can't remember when, in the 90s, I kind of remember this happening. They were bought by a, uh, a Belgian company called L&H. And I, don't ask me to pronounce the name of L&H. Uh, check the blog post. Um, <laughs> and the thing is this, two things. One is L&H, it turned out, was like a fraudulent <laughs> company and soon disappeared and their assets were sold off. And secondly, the, the sale was brokered by Goldman Sachs. And this, the, the reason that the guys, the bakers, the people that had founded uh, Dragon Systems are now suing Goldman Sachs because it turned out they've been able to discover emails and documentation showing that Goldman Sachs had in fact considered investing in LH a couple of years before that and decided that it was a bad company, not to, not that they didn't want to have anything to do with them. And then two years later, they were the brokers that arranged the sale of uh, exchange for pure LNH stock of Dragon Systems. So it was sounds familiar, right? Goldman Sachs is urging somebody to buy something so they'll get a big fat commission, uh, something that they think is a bad deal. So and they... That, do they go and inspect just like a bunch of companies and then like make a list of ones that they're going to recommend for sale? Or I, I don't get how that. Well, in this case, they evidently considered investing in it themselves, decided it was a bad deal. And then when Baker comes along with his company to sell, they say, hey, we've got a great company for you to just trade for their stock and ah, it'll be great. So they bad, were the broker bad. of the sale and they made a fat commission recommending something that they didn't believe was 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 good right but is that can't they just say can't can't they say it, it was bad for us at the time but it was good for this other company or i mean is there a defense for that well in retrospect it seems the answer is no because the thing was turned out to be a bunch of cookbooks and a fraud and it was hmm. there was nothing there well, and the Bakers ended nice. up with 580, as I recall, million dollars worth of stock that became worth nothing. They ended up with nothing. And uh, the assets of LNH were sold off. And uh, was it Scansoft, an OCR company, uh, uh, picked up their speech recognition software. And then they bought a company called Nuance. And now they're, that's the name they use. So that Nuance software came out of, of, uh, of the Baker's work originally. Anyhow, they're going after Goldman Sachs for a billion dollars, and I hope they get it. I, I hope they too. get it too, man. Freaking whip, worms. Whip those arrogant bankers in New York. Yeah. Jeez. What's up yeah. now, bankers? Better check yeah. yourself before these fools. Putting, things, putting, de putting deals together, selling them to their clients, and then betting against them in the in the insurance market. What's that I mean, called? Is there a name, a term for that? Uh, not Bad that we business? can say on this public broadcast. <laughs> right. <okay. laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's let's continue talking about lawsuits. And what's this Aereo? They're they're a TV restreamer. Cool. Paid attention to Aereo a little bit. I, I've just heard that they they were allowed to do their restreaming for now or whatever. Well, they weren't enjoined to stop doing it. Yeah. Right. They're, right. they're in beta in New York. Uh, what they are is a company that wants to, okay, a lot of people like me are cord cutters. They don't want to have cable TV, but we still want to watch the local stations, right? 
And I'm lucky I can get the local stations where I live with a rabbit ears antenna. So I do it. But if you live in New York where you're surrounded by tall buildings and whatnot, you probably can't see your local stations over the air. And you put up an antenna on your roof and maybe you can't see them. So Ariel has come along and they said, this is what we're going to do. We are going to put up an array of antennas. And for 12 bucks a month, we will assign you either dynamically or statically one of these antennas. And then we'll take your antenna and get what it picks up and stream it to you over the Internet. And they also say you can either see it in real time streaming or we'll also be willing as an alternative to um, store it, you know, DVR it in the cloud and you can watch it whenever you want to. And of course, cool. what service? And of course, I'm the sorry. media company said you can't do that because we're doing that, even though they're really uh, not. Well, what the local TV broadcast, ABC and their affiliates, a whole bunch, there were two lawsuits brought and they said, whoa, you guys can't do that. That's copywritten material. You're, you're copying our copywritten material. So what's Ariel's response to that? They say, no, 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 no. It's just as if this guy had his own personal antenna, but instead of having it on his rooftop or on his... He TV has set, it on our he's rooftop. He's got it at Ariel headquarters somewhere. Right. That's clever, yeah. though. That's cool. Isn't the, the only issue that they could, they as in the... Uh, uh, studios isn't the only issue they could stand on would be the whole DVR side of it because just like you said they're, they're no, just they're sticking rabbit ears up you've got with a sling box or you, you've got the right to record that stuff for yourself again that's the fiction there keeping but here's the huge but man because I've been following this I've done blog posts on it since the day it came out where you doing what's that the huge butt, man. Huge butt. Huge butt, man. <laughs> huge butt, yeah, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Serious now. This is a tech show. Hit us with uh, it. This is the thing. This is what they're claiming, right? right? The antennas they've got, they mount them in a big array that's pointed in one direction. And you know how big the antennas are? They're about as big as a dime. Yeah, okay. I saw those. Now, come on. Now, why is your rabbit ears antenna you know, two, three, four, eight feet long because it's a function of the television broadcast frequencies. And so the idea of them having a uh, dime-sized TV antenna is uh, a difficult thing to say the least. When I did my first blog post about it, I said, whoa, it seems like a really daunting technical challenge. I'm not sure if they did it. And it reminded me of that uh, mechanical trick. You know, the chess playing machine with a little guy inside of it. Uh-huh. And you and so you think right away, oh, hey, another thing they could do is just have one big-ass antenna be picking up the signal and streaming it to everybody and pretending that these little antennas work. So it, the thing really hinges on that technology, whether it's for real or not. And at the uh, hearings that have been held, the depositions in, in this uh, the hearing about getting an injunction, both sides produce witnesses, and guess what? Expert witness for the for Ariel said, oh, yeah, the little antennas work great. And the expert witness for the other guy said, no way, it's not, they're not working great. It's just treating as they're all ganged together as one giant antenna. You know what this kind of reminds me of? That whole, what was that company that their, their technology, they were going to redistribute broadband, but the GPS place was like, no, it interferes on our... Do you Light remember Square. Light Squared? Yeah, Light that's Square. what this kind of reminds me of for some reason. 
it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. Well, I get it, it, they're similar in that they both hinged on technical claims that were disputed. The light yeah. squared guy said we're not going to cause any problems. The people that own the spectrum, they're going to use say they're going to screw everything up. And right. those people won. They had witnesses on both sides, and this one's similar. But this is my take on it. The bottom line is, I wish, I wish, I wish that that technology worked. That they could make a little powered dime-sized antenna that was as good as they say these dime-sized antennas are. If that works and they prevail, I think that the whole idea that you do the antenna on their array is a total kludge. It's a, a dumb idea. But if those little antennas work, I want one. Then, yeah, why don't they just buy yeah. They can just sell them. They can become sell the them. seller of antennas to cord cutters on Earth. And secondly, what will happen if they get the right to start streaming local TV stations video? What's a local TV station going to do? They're going to say, screw that. We'll stream it ourselves in that case. But and then even hire Aereo as a, as a service to do it. So either way, if, if that technology works... It strikes a blow for cord cutters. So I, I'm praying that it works, but I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm cheering it on, Larry. Through you, I want this. I want this thing to work. It seemed like at one time, when 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 this first surfaced several months ago, um, some of the analysts were thinking, you know what? They they just may pull this off. You know, they they. The the big companies don't have a leg to stand on, on in this situation. No, I, if if that technology works, that's what the judge said in her opinion. I read through the opinion and quoted from it in, in the post I did. Uh, she said, you know, the only real issue here is whether this technology is for real or not. And yeah. We've got right now, we've got expert witnesses on both sides of that question. But gosh, if it is, it would be uh, it would be a boon. I'm all for it. One other aside, when they first came out with it, which was about maybe two months ago, they claimed in their PR that they had that the CEO of the company had 12 patents, and I checked his patents, and none of them had anything to do with antenna design. And in the interim, they've applied for four patents, and one of them does, in fact, have to do with antenna design. What were I don't know enough to what were the majority of the patents dealing with then? Yeah, what were the ones he had? Other stuff. Just uh, that have absolutely nothing to I do with... I don't even remember what, but nothing to do with antenna design. I remember saying, noting that. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm totally not an expert enough in this stuff to know, but I do know that in antennas, you know, the size is a function of the wavelength, and those are low, you know, long wavelength signals. So it, is it just hard to believe. It's just a matter of boosting the power then to make up for... Or maybe some super clever... clever Clever signal processing. Super signal processing. Right. I really don't know. Um, but I do know that if that stuff really works, that'll be a big push for, uh, you know, to help us as cord cutters out. It'll be an, an, an impetus to cord cutting. And if it does work and, or if it pushes the uh, stations to start streaming their own stuff, that'll be cool. You'll be able to watch TV in Milwaukee or something across the net. I think that sounds neat too. I have to think that broadcast radio is just about on its last legs. Yeah. I mean, why, why buy a radio tuner to listen to radio when you can stream stations from all over the world? Well, and, and Mike, it's not all of them, home. right? It's, I mean, some of the companies, like for the Olympics, right? We talked <clears throat> about that last week, that Google was teaming up with 
you know, so you have the new and the old kind of getting together, but it's definitely not all of them doing it, right? Yeah, but it's an awful lot of them. And and in the end, I have to think that uh, streaming over the internet is going to be less expensive than buying and maintaining expensive uh, AM or FM transmitter equipment. Quantum computing will crack that, right? That's what we're waiting for. And then it doesn't even matter. The signal's everywhere. Bring it on. It's everywhere, and it's nowhere. I I think Mike's long-run view is, is the truth. And as a as another cord cutter, I can't I can't wait for a better solution. I'm one of these guys who lives in a area with a number of broadcast stations that just don't quite reach where we live because of the geography of the region. The San Francisco Bay Area has lots of hills. Yeah, it's like and, the buildings. Uh, yeah, Mike, yeah, do you have an antenna on your roof? No, we pay, uh, Comcast offers a, like, basic service for $25. It's a a regulatory requirement in California, I believe, that they offer a a package of basic broadcast stations for a relatively nominal fee, which they call $25. And it's the local Uh, stations, pretty much? Yeah, so we get the local stations and we get a few others on, time on, on this cable well. service. Yeah, yeah. Well, the price that Aereo is quoting is at twelve or twelve ninety five or some twelve dollars a month. So it's cheaper than that, but it's still a kludge, man. If those antennas work, you just everybody buys one. You don't need Aereo. Hey, Ant. And you know, Larry, everything else is getting miniaturized. It it wouldn't surprise me, and this is a totally scientifically ignorant thing to say, but it wouldn't surprise me if antennas are got some means to mi- miniaturize them as well. I hope you're right. Yeah. yeah. That would be that would be great. Yeah. Hey Ant. Yo. What did one cord cutter say to the other? <laughs> what did he say, Matt? <laughs> I, I was setting you up. He said, Can I borrow your scissors? Did you guys see Harry? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see Harry McCracken's article about the clamshell? I, I thought that was kind of cool. The story of the best computing form factor ever. Uh, it was on the CNN.com tech site. But uh, if you think I, about I like, it, the old school compass, right? Clamshell. The Game Boy Advanced, hmm? also clamshell. Nintendo DS. Yeah. I mean, all of these, it's just cool to fold something up and then like put it in your pocket for some reason. I, I don't know. Great design. Really cool article. You should check it out. I like Harry's writing. He's I haven't read his writing in a little while. He's a wordsmith. So, uh, let's see. You We talked about last week about the Tour de France a little bit, and it was kind of towards the end of the show. Do you want to kind of pick up where we left off there or had some other thoughts about it, Larry? This is the uh, Larry show tonight. I've been watching it. I still like it. Very... Um, yeah, I, I really think it's it's a cool deal as a cord cutter. It's a fair price to me, as far as I'm concerned, for a, a really neat product. They're getting ready to do the Olympics. I think we talked about, a little bit about this too. And uh, I don't know if you guys want to get into this. I, I Aunt and I talked about it a little bit. I figured, okay, I want I want to look at what they're doing with the Tour de France and write some posts on it. But I also want to do the same for the Olympics. So I went to the Olympic site, and I think 
I said, okay, I want to download their app. They have an app for the iPad, and my wife's got an iPad. And bottom line is, it took me about two hours to install that app because I had to first install, upgrade her iOS to iOS 5. And in order to do that, I had to have iTunes on a PC. <laughs> what a clue. What are you and doing on iOS 4, Larry? What, what, hold on. Getting iPhones 5 or something, or 10.4 on your PC, and then upgrading the thing, and then finally installing the app, and then find that, that the books that she had bought had disappeared. <laughs> I, I, I've just written a, about a, a, a screed about this. I'm convinced that Apple is just kludgy, and this whole idea that Apple is easy to use, better than Windows, is just, it was true in 1984, but it sure isn't true in 2012. So you're saying that Apple's <laughs> lost... But I just tell you, I, I went through these, it's like 20 steps. I did a post on it. My you should read his post. This is spot on. My favorite part was this. You get this error message from the friendly, easy to use, your mom can install at Mac, right? And it's yeah. something is, there's, I'm paraphrasing, something has gone wrong with this installation. <laughs> if you continue, you will lose all your content on your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Error fifty-four. Like the whole thing, all the of whole it. God, that makes you. Well, now let me think it over. Blue screen of death. At least the blue screen of death is. It was. I don't know. I'm gonna error lock the iPad and then I'm going to mistype ten times and just wipe the whole thing. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, please do delete it. It gives you two choices. Either forget it or delete everything. Yes, or and maybe so later. I, I, then you go to Google, right? And you, and you Google Air, this Air 54, and you find on all these uh, threaded discussions, oh, this guy thinks it's that. Nobody knows what it is or what to do about it. I mean, it's just like, give me a break. The ghost in the machine, a.k.a. Error 54. <laughs> Area 50? Oh, wait. Yeah. And, well, and so then what do you do at that point? You go into witch doctor mode. You just reboot them both, and you rerun it, and it works. Okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I won't bore you guys with the whole thing. It's about 20 futile steps to get this done. It, the bottom line is it took me about two, two and a half hours. It's uh, a must read. That's amazing. <laughs> I do my best work in witch doctor mode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Man. <laughs> I'll tell you, Apple is a... I won't say it. No, tell <laughs> us. Tell us what you really <laughs> feel. Enough <laughs> of this... Listen, enough of this censor bull. all right? We are adults here. Now tell Apple me what sucks. you... I don't know. That's tell, a nice way to Tell me what you think of this amazing company. I think the whole idea company. that Apple's computers are easy to use is just bull... Well, it's an illusion. They are until they aren't, right? They are until they aren't, and then, then you. Oh yeah. Google then what do you do? They're totally inscrutable. So what do you do? If you want to be conspiratorial, 
maybe it's a whole big conspiracy to make you keep going back to the Apple Store and, and paying the geniuses at the Apple Store to fix it for you. Well, the uh, genius bar. Yes. The if you really bar, right. if you really want to think about it, though, Larry, in another dimension, there is a version of you and that MacBook that did not crash <laughs> during install and it was a-okay. <laughs> and on that episode of Yats, we're totally we're, not even talking about it because it's it's no big deal. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, really, we're back to that Higgs boson discussion. Uh, see? <laughs> and now and now I have mass, just like that. And now I have mass. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think the emperor has no clothes. Um, sorry. That's now. been about the gist of it, though, right? Isn't that how a lot of the smoothness and, and it's all like mind tricks and illusions? It's not you know, real. It, it was true in the early, in the 80s, in the early 90s. From the time of Windows 95 on, though, I think it's been... Maybe not when so you put true. that windowed interface to do things you should be typing in yourself, like a not lazy programmer, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a great place in the world for a grass- graphical user interface. Graph. Yeah, yeah. All I can say and is... Apple did manage to shoehorn one, shoe one into an affordable machine after several other people, including themselves, tried. Right. Um, so I'll give them credit for that, but they've been kind of coasting on that. You know, um, I mean, once Windows 95 came out, was the Mac really any better or easier to use than Windows 95? No, at that point, it strictly became what you had or what you could afford, and that was your ego moving forward, and and that was that's it. And it's still like that. If you, it's it's, it's so stupid. But I, oh, you know, I think what you say is true in a sense. Apple is selling you a service, and they expect you to keep coming back to the store and getting help. They're not selling you a machine that's yours. And, that's and true, yourself. right? No no real big PC manufacturer ever really did it like that, where they had... I mean, Best Buy is maybe the closest thing, but that's not PC. Like, that's not any PC's, you know, thing. That's Best Buy. That's their own thing. But th- that's interesting. They sell you that service of when it does break and it's not magical anymore, just bring it back here and we'll put more magic smoke in it and send you on your... You know who does that, too, is Dell. Um, My university buys nothing but Dell computers. They cost twice as much as every other computer. They do. When it breaks, they just come right over and fix it. They just give you a new one because there's a billion of them. They can't fix it. They give you a new one, yeah. Yeah. And that's worth something. Yeah, totally. This reminds me of a coworker um, that that had to go to the Genius Bar. And (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because they make you set an appointment. You know, and he, he gets there, you know, 10 to 15 minutes earlier than the appointment time. Like this is a and real big grown-up person appointment? Or... Yeah. And, wow. You know, and he's like, I got to go to so-and-so to go to the Apple store and got an appointment at 210. You know, and he gets there at 2, you know, <laughs> and there's nobody else there, okay? There's nobody else there in the whole store at 2 o'clock. And they make him wait until 210? <laughs> <laughs> but like how cool did he sound that whole day to his friends just being like oh no it's cool I'd love to go to lunch but got this appointment got this thing got, the Apple store yeah. with jobs oh, you know goodness. no big deal I laughed so hard at him man he, cause he's so happy about his Apple products I'm like do you see how they're treating you you know <laughs> Well, and if if you take them for what they are, just, you know, disposable every two years, as long as you keep up with the new one, you probably 
have fewer chances to run into something like that as opposed to someone that buys one once and keeps it for the rest of their lives, you know, because yeah. they, you know, for one, whatever reason. So, you know, I, I don't know how old my wife's iPad is, maybe a year old or something, but I guarantee you that she's very typical. She, I, she would never upgrade anything on it. Right. And so when NBC comes out with their Olympic app and the first thing it says is, Whoa, you're using iOS 4, you need iOS 5. There's going to be 100 million people that get that message. <laughs> I hope they go look at my phone. Maybe, though. <laughs> maybe if you think about it, they really don't want you consuming that media that way anyway. So, good. Yeah, don't you upgrade know. your iOS. I hope I hope Apple is reading your blog post, Larry, and and, and works a little bit on that install routine. If they're going to have 100 million people hitting that install they're in trouble at least tell us what the damn error is i mean that's all we ask for (laughs) it's it's not knowing that's killing me (laughs) (laughs) didn't you say all of the subscriptions were gone when you got finished with it yeah when it i finally came out i said yes i finally did it and then I noticed you you go to the bookshelf, right? There are no books on the bookshelf. No books on the no bookshelf. <laughs> so, you, so I go back. That's enough to I, make I, me I, just okay, stop reading I'll books. Put the two back together and try to sync them because that's what this – I mean, this, this is the thing, man. The iPad doesn't work if it doesn't have a mothership, which is either a PC or a Mac. Sure. At, at some point, I had to get a little snarky in this post. You know, it turns out that you can upgrade Windows – Without connecting it to an iPad, you can that's connect, interesting. You can upgrade Windows all by itself. You know? <laughs> Anyhow, I plugged it back in, and I tried to, and I it tries to sync. Right? Uh, maybe I'll get the damn books back. Hey, and so it, can, can you imagine plugging your seconds. Android device into your computer every time you wanted to flash a cut? Like, how annoying would that be? Oh I'd my be gosh, so that would kill me, man. I would be so mad. Wait, is that a clue? That's a bigger kludge than the damn antennas in New Jersey. Do people still use the word kludge? I don't know. Ju- you've used wow. it like 20 times in this episode, so I'm thinking oh, just no, you. Use it here in the South, trust me. Single-handedly <laughs> bringing it back. <laughs> no, hey, Ant, seriously, did you say you do use it or don't? We do use it here in the okay, South so quite regularly. I was afraid <laughs> of dating myself yet again. <laughs> uh, no, but anyhow, the deal with the book, so I plug, plug it into sync, right? And it doesn't do anything. It doesn't give you feedback. But all of a sudden, another one of these little classic air message pops up. I can't find such and such a file, so I won't be able to sync your photos. And I went, <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Because I don't want all her photos on my damn PC. Isn't that why it's called sync? <laughs> yeah, right. It's sync everything except this file that it can't find because it's points to the photos or something. But at any rate, then I unplugged it, and lo and behold, the books were all back. So the only thing that was permanently gone was uh, she had downloaded some economists. She, she has an economist subscription. And not only were the economists gone, but it had amnesia and didn't remember that she was a subscriber and tried to ask her if she'd like to subscribe. So... But that's pretty minor damage. So that, to be fair, I mean, after two, two and a half hours, it's working fine now. But uh, Do you, I, you should invoice that goes to that NBC site and tries to install that app goes through what I went through. 
they're you, not going to be happy. You should things. invoice them two hours of your time. <laughs> I want it back. Yeah. NBC kind of, like you said, I mean, they kind of blew it too by requiring uh, iOS 5. They should have. Yeah. I guess so, if you think about it, NBC's got way more than two hours of your life, so it's not like the worst thing that could... <laughs> Just think how many people are going to run into the same thing, because the Olympics are a big deal, you know? All of our parents and grandparents, huh, Aunt? All of them. They're all going to have that problem. <laughs> Everybody with an iPad that they Everybody bought... Everybody with an iPad. Everybody. When did iOS 5 come out? If you bought it last iPad, summer, does it have iOS 5 on it by from the factory? Yeah, it was last summer, right? I don't know. Did you look last, in last summer? I don't know. I can't afford Apple products. Uh, did you look into if they have an Android app or not, Larry? And if it works like they on the next... They say that they're going to, but it's not there yet. And they yeah, say... They didn't at the time, man. It will be there for, quote, selected, unquote, Android devices. Like the like Nexus that. 7, and that's it? No. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be Probably on my Droid they, X. My guess is it's some level of the OS that... Again, I don't know. I got to give you props, Ant, for still using a Droid X like as your driver phone. My Droid X is yes. strictly secondary, and even then, I'm like, God, this is so slow. Like, just play the damn podcast. Like, good, that's, <laughs> no, I, I've put I'm a lot of time of into this thing, and it's it's it's, it's quite faithful now with the hey. new battery that is extended battery. No, hey, while while we're on the subject of uh, of Android, I'm still loving my uh, HTC One X, and my questions have progressed now. So I'm, I want to ask you guys your opinions. If you use a, a magazine type program, do you use Flipboard, Pulse, or Current? Well, I started out with Pulse and loved it, and then Currents came out. And it had potential, but it was so slow on updating. And um, Shane Brady, who had, had filled in for Larry here a couple weeks back, he yeah. wrote a review on Flipboard, so I decided to look into it. And, man, I love Flipboard. I, I, I really like it. And I went back to Currents here recently just to see if they made any updates to it. And they did, but, man, Flipboard is so much smoother, man. And I, I love the functionality. Eric Finkenbeiner and myself on AOTA constantly go back and forth because I think Google Currents, it's it's pretty, but it's such a process hog, and it's just it's always spinning more than it needs to be, so I have to kill it. So we have this back and forth about that. My personal favorite's always been my sixth sense, but it's not really it's more of a it's gonna you're gonna give it just a whole bunch of feeds and over the time of a couple weeks it's gonna give you what it thinks you really want to read out of all of that crap and it it really helps you get through but it's it's not really magazine form it's more for finding you know relevant or intriguing articles uh quickly from a, a bunch of feeds but i mean right. currents you can go into currents and give it you know your reader stuff or or whatever but it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such a hog, and when I'm reading that kind of stuff, I'm more interested in the text and the information rather than the stupid, pretty pictures that everybody wants to just stare at. If I want to look at pictures, like I'll I'll go do something else. But when I'm in a reader, that's I want to read. I I need a reader to read. So, you, you know, the cool thing I've found about uh, Flipboard and Pulse, I haven't seen this so much in current, is with uh, LTE service. The pictures just 
just are there. They just are there. You know, there's yeah. no sense of downloading and waiting for them. It's right. doing so, that in the background, and that's what I think is using constantly so much data and resources, or it was when I yeah. tried it on the Prime. It was yeah. constantly causing Watchdog to be like, whoa, currents, calm down. You're going to gorge yourself <laughs> yeah. to death on this information. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Those are great tips. And I'll, uh, my sixth sense, I'll check that out. Yeah, I put a link in the Hangout chat. I wrote something about it, how to, you know, apps that make your social media life easier. And that was one I've been with since the OG Droid, and I've just been using it ever since. So it, it really knows what I want. And you can turn off the relevance engine, the digital intuition, as they call it, and you see what you get in those feeds just on a time scale. And... Then when you turn it back on, like after it gets to know you, it really does do a great job of of weeding out the junk like, oh, I'm going to walk my dog, you know, this and that, and giving me the really interesting stuff that it thinks I want to read. But after using it, if you use it too long, like I have been, you get stuck in a, like, if I ever stop being interested in Android, I have to completely start over with this app because it, it... once it, you go down a path, you know, it's, it's going to always kind of be the, that way. It, it doesn't seem like if I change my habits, it's going to change with me. I think it's kind of stuck. But they could tune it to do that eventually. But most people don't change their habits because they're sheep. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, Mike, using that 1X, is there anything that really uh, that, that's kind of annoying you about it? Any Android annoyances? Um, you know, I have one big annoyance at the moment, which I have not figured out. And that is the, the, um, cell reception is really quite superior, but the, uh, Wi-Fi connection often is intermittent in settings. I have a, a, a recently installed Wi-Fi network at the house here. I get strong signals on every device that touches it, but on this phone, the Wi-Fi will be, re- receive a strong signal, and then it'll cut out, so there's no signal, and then it'll come back a minute or so later. So, Mike, a strong signal. You should download an app called Network Info. Here's what it looks like on the Prime. And when yeah. it'll it'll measure your Wi-Fi here and your 3G here or mobile if you have it. But what it does down here is draws a graph of your signal in uh-huh. decibels. So if your network is dropping off, like you'll actually be able to see that, and it might help you narrow down where your your loss is. Fabulous! I'll check that out network and see what it tells info. me. You can also check and see if you can change the channel that your phone is connecting to as well. And for that, you want an app called Wi-Fi Analyzer, and it'll tell you what channel here by star ratings uh, where you should be based on how many other access points are in your area and what channels they're set to. And if you look here, it shows you the graph. Those are the the access points here. So I actually... I love that app. I move mine, and it looks like they move there, so I need to move mine again. but yeah network info i mean this pretty much does that also you can have your (laughs) signal meter and then select whatever Uh if i turn it to my network and turn the sound on very cool i love that app yeah Uh uh-huh my router is down there 
Clearly. If Wi-Fi Analyzer uh, tells me that I've got a bad cell, does that mean I replace that Wi-Fi point of what, access? It depends if what's causing it is the actual signal or if it's packet loss after the signal. And that's what that will tell you. If it's your signal, you'll see it actually... Okay go up and down but if your signal stays straight then you know it's your packet loss and i mean you can do ping tests too that'll test your packet loss also cool i'll, I'll check it out it's and... not the radio on your phone like you know yeah that's what i'm worried about well and, and if it's uh... something like that you can either take it back and maybe have better luck with another one because as we all yeah. know for some weird reason every single device is different or you can try to upgrade and flash the radios if you can find a, an update on the baseband or the radios, then you can flash it. But then I think you have to root and unlock and all that, and you may not want to do that because it will kill your warranty unless HTC is different in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I... I think I would go for a warranty return before I would definitely I would test out a couple different ones if they're just going to give them to you. I mean, why not? You may get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys noticed differences in the radios and you've got a bunch of android devices have you noticed variance in the in the radio qualities in the software or the hardware in no, different in the hardware in the like i was i uh, i don't know when my wife forgot first got this ipad uh i noticed that it's got a really crappy radio in it it's like the theme of the night is apple sucks um <laughs> I did a post on that. I mean, it's just my, it's nowhere near as strong as the radio in my Dell laptop or in my Roku box. I've uh, never really looked. I mean, I'm going to look right now between the Droid X and the Galaxy Nexus, but I do notice between tablets and phones, and I think that's just a matter of more signal strength longer because of a bigger battery, so it can afford to maintain the signal up here for a longer amount of time than... Whether but, it's a power thing or the I don't radio know. design I'm, or... I have no idea, but that, that uh, iPad has a weak radio in it. I mean, it could be a combination of the software or the hardware. I mean, it's really, yeah, I don't, really I, going to take some testing, you know. Because yeah. I know with my um, my Droid X, it ended up being, um, like Matt said, the power usage on it. Um, so I had can, to replace my battery. Do you have an adjustment where you can trade off power versus uh, radio sensitivity? Well, no, I had a I had a bad battery about two weeks ago. I finally replaced it, and my phone has been it's it's been a brand new phone in a sense. You know, the the uh, the actual battery had started to swell just a little bit, um, and I only noticed that because I could barely close the case on my phone. Um, so I went and bought a new one and put it in and it's, it's been night and day far as how it's performed because I used to just have my Wi-Fi signal would drop while I'm sitting right here on the couch and my router is right here, you yeah. know, just, just drop all of a sudden, but it's been night and day. So I'm, I'd like to think just ample power supply helps too, you know? Yeah. yeah that makes sense. So Ant, why are you now with Root? <laughs> I've been playing with my Kindle Fire tonight, man, and and I was trying to get it rooted and running all of these commands, and nothing would freaking work. And then I realized, you know what? You're not running these commands as root. No wonder they're not working. You know. Ah. So, uh, so I'm now root. <laughs> so and just what's your, what? 
What do you install on uh, the fire? Uh, jelly bean? Uh, that's what I had going just before we started the show. I haven't fired it up yet to see if it's going to boot or anything, but fingers are crossed. We want right. a full report next week. Yeah, next week, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So just to give you a quick idea, the Galaxy Nexus, 37 decibels. The Droid X, 45. So that's a pretty big difference. They both have extended batteries, so they're both kicking you know, juice to the, the Wi-Fi antenna. And then the tablet yeah. in about the same spot is at 50 also. And this, the Prime has that metal backing, so I think that has a lot to do with its weak signal, even though it has a bigger battery. But there's no way to say, like you were saying, you know, give it, say, screw the battery. I mean, I can turn the processor to performance mode, but that's not going to amplify just juice, you know, like in Star Trek. I need to just channel it here. and Yeah. yeah. But pretty cool. All right. Well, that's that's about more than an hour. Is, is there anything else we want to mention? Any articles up on uh, the old groovy post there, Mikey, been writing? Working on an article about BitCasa which is in beta, and it's a new entrant in the cloud service arena. Its deal is they offer you unlimited storage, cloud storage, for a flat monthly fee. Is that the one that uses all of the different services and gives you one, like, console into it, and it divides up your, your storage between them? This is just its own. Yeah, that's a different service. Oh, okay. This is a this is a company that's building out its own cloud storage infrastructure, and is selling that that infrastructure on a sort of all you can eat basis. Do they charge you for transfers in and out? No. For bandwidth. What's the catch? Because it it kind of sounds like Carbonite, where you can do whatever, but only on that you know, that one drive and only at this speed or whatever it is. You know, man, I don't, you, you can, you can install this on multiple computers. You can use it by the way, also to sync between computers. You can use it to send large files to, you know, a friend somewhere else. I, I haven't figured out yet what, what the, now there is there is one hitch that I figured out, and that is they do a lot of data compression on your processor before they send the data up to the cloud. So, so they're going to be they're going to be burning up your processor to some extent. But you know my my current desktop has uh, an eight core CPU, m- most of which are sitting idle all the time. Mike, we should be recording the show on your computer. I was going to say, can I have your computer? I'm on the AMD, like, Turon over here, trying to get this show compressed. That's awesome. How how much did they charge for this service? Uh, Well, you know, it's still beta, and it's still free. It's free. Just give us your data. I charge your data. Yeah. Now, they, they, the word is when they go uh, public or go live, uh, it's going to be ten dollars a month. Just a flat for use whatever you want, ten bucks a month. That's what they say. That sounds like a good deal. I look forward to reading your uh, piece on it. Look for Definitely. it on uh, groovypost.com. Very cool. And Larry, you're just blogging away over on the Google Plus. Uh, yeah, I, you know that's a whole nother. I had a really fun discussion this week. 
uh, on the Sun Post, I did. Yeah, one of my Tour de France posts, I pointed out that, that there's problems with uh, the, you know, there's there's no canonical uh, hashtag for the Tour de France. There's like six different ones that people are using. So we started a discussion about hashtags and ended up in a way more interesting discussion about sort of the the difference between Google Plus and Blogger or a blog. And I'm confused. I put stuff on Blogger, on Google Plus. Um, the archival stuff wants to go on Blogger, but you have discussions on Google Plus. It's kind of sorting out what the difference between blogging and Google Plusing is. is uh, but do you think that's just, isn't that just Google? Ha maybe we haven't gotten to that yet. We're too busy plusifying everything else. Do you think that's next maybe and they'll bring in? I don't know. A bunch of three, two or three guys from Google came into the conversation and nobody said that. Because so if you think about it. I started out. I said, hey, come on, you guys. Why don't you beef up uh, some of the archival capabilities of Google Plus? Like, shit, you can't even put tags on your Well, that and even editing. it. I had to Google how to figure out how to bold and italicize stuff. And you have, you know, you put... I didn't know how to. I thought it was a button, or it. You have to put asterisks and underscores. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody knew that. I didn't know that. But it makes it look more. You can't put a link in, in a post. Uh, you can't do little bulleted. Lists. Well, you can I... do a link, but yeah, you can't format it the way you can with a yeah, blog. And a big, what is it for them to bring that editor into Plus? Maybe they just haven't got to it yet. Who knows? But that's interesting. Yeah, I've been I'm using do a Plus blog post. for that summarizing that discussion because it was a cool discussion and and exactly what you're saying at least some of that formatting stuff should be incorporated yeah and if they want people to use it like that which for the sake of search and making their search engine better overall i would think they would want to yeah i like it yeah. I, i've been writing using that more and more as like here's a link and here's a couple paragraphs about what i think about that link and that like it's i don't know there's something about it because it's easy to do on mobile and it's easy to do on a tablet and it's everywhere like i i, I kind of like it yeah me too i'm a fan but uh it's uh, it's got a ways to go yeah yeah no definitely so all right and ant your any anything interesting uh lately over on the the new domain site there's the the new site looks good. We mentioned that, I think, last week. I've been looking at uh, writing some more stuff on just education over the Internet. You know, I know we talked about online courses and whatnot, but I've been looking outside the box because um, I think I told you guys before, I learned way more sitting here at this particular desk and just searching Google and forums than I did in most of my class classrooms, you know, and I just want to discuss some of the value in that. And there's still certain forums and certain um, YouTube channels that I subscribe to to sort of sharpen my skills, you know, and, and W3 schools or W3 yeah, schools. W3 or whatever. schools. I mean, there's tons of resources out there. You know what? We uh, Somebody should start a podcast that kind of curates some of that stuff and categorizes it and then makes, like, curricula and then records it and has discussions and all that. You could definitely do it with, with these tools. It would be interesting. Yeah. I know it's taken me a little while. I got to go through and, you know, continue to edit it and, you know, make it presentable. But that's but the cool it's, thing. It's... It can always evolve and it's always getting added to and, and crowdsourced yeah. and... I know the astronomy yeah. cast guys are doing uh, an intro to astrophysics class and the whole thing. You got to pay like 250 bucks 
and then you go through this online hangout course that they're teaching. I, I really want to do it. I don't have 250 bucks, but I think it'd be That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. what they well, said is... Another thing is well, but listen, options. listen, let me justify that. What what they said was they looked at the, the average price of what it would cost for you to further one of your more favorite hobbies, like a yoga class or an art class. And they said that about the average for a continuing kind of hobby education was around 250 So That's true. If you think about it, you know it's it's interesting. If I had the money, I would definitely do it. I I heard a uh, a TED talk the other day. I'll try to dig it up and send it to you guys, especially Ant. Maybe you'll find it of interest for your the thing you're writing. Uh, it's a guy who said, "Hey, after I finished college, when I went to college, I didn't know if I wanted to major in computer science or business. He ended up majoring in business, but then he decided he wanted to do the equivalent of an MIT computer science degree. So he uh, he did it. He, he went, or he's working his way through it. He bought $2,000 worth of textbooks, and he's going to go through all the courses that he would have taken at MIT uh, online. And uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I'll, I'll dig up the TED Talk and send it to you. Because I mean, yeah, if you think funny. if you think about it at the core, I mean, classes you're sitting there most of the time listening to a lecture. Basically, a lecture is audio and video. So if you can replicate that from the comfort of my own home, where I can sit and smoke and drink and then learn, I mean, that's amazing. Great class. This is cool. Let's go throw the bee, man. Gotta go throw the bee. What, Mike? Big article in the New York Times, I think it was yesterday, on university consortia that are putting their coursework on the net. Very of course, interesting. Of course, very interesting reading. New universities. Yeah. yeah. Does that yeah. threaten your job, Larry? How do you feel about that? Um, yeah. They're going to put you out of business just podcasting education. Yeah, no, no, I, think, I think the California State University system is in deep trouble. Anyway, because uh, a lot of, frankly, a lot of what we do isn't all that great, and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of but it's not your fault, right? You have to get the kids to pass certain standards and tests that have been put in front of you by who? The higher ups, um, right? You didn't. No, that doesn't. That's more in high school, I guess. No, that's high school, yeah, that, not necessarily uh, college. The, 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 the well, clearly, I didn't go to college either. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's issues about what's the best way to teach some stuff. So for some stuff, online works. For some stuff, it doesn't. For some students, it does. For sure. some students, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, the, the format of what's going to really work hasn't yet been. All this stuff is pretty nascent. It's version one. But no, I think a, a lot of the stuff that we do could be replaced. You know by, what's uh, going to be the key? The, miss, the, the thing they're missing, the Tupac hologram. That's all they need. Kids will listen oh. to a Tupac hologram. <laughs> No, no. See, you're stuck in trying to duplicate the experience of the college classroom, and that's not where it's at. That's, that's well, it like needs to be way days, more hands. In the old days, that. they used to stick uh, movie cameras in front of stage plays, and, and they don't do that anymore. They uh, should bring that back. Actually, they do on certain torrent sites. They still do that. Oh, yeah, really? Wow. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. Yet another tech show.com. Check us out every Wednesday live and catch the reruns over on Yet TV. And join us right. in the middle of the episodes on Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter, wherever you lurk. You lurkers. Got a lot of lurkers on this show. But definitely, thanks for listening. Give us a review in iTunes. 
Matt Lee, we have Ant Pruitt, Larry Press, Mike Rothman, and that's another yes. See you next week, guys. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.